1: This is Richard Lloyd, and you're listening to the Rock and Roll Archaeology Project. History in Five Songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin.
0: Yes, indeed. Martin Popoff here, back for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. Um, today we're going to do kind of a second part of uh, of an early episode. We did an episode earlier on uh, guitar tapping, or tapping, uh, in, in, uh, in heavy metal, in the context of heavy metal. Well, this time we're going to follow up with sort of the bookend thing that everybody kind of talks about uh, when you talk about tapping, and that is twin leads, harmony leads. They're sometimes called, uh, basically the idea... Of playing uh, playing a structured lead you know sometimes this is a lead that comes out of a singular lead sometimes if a band has two guitarists one will take a singular lead one will do another singular lead later and it might be linked by a twin lead where they link up and play essentially the same uh, the same melody uh, but in terms of uh, in terms of a harmony so two guitars working in sync okay so where did this come from I mean this has this has a long history going back even even to the 50s, but essentially it starts picking up. I, I know Eddie Cochran gets, uh, gets mentioned uh, from time to time, but it, it kind of picks up with the guitar hero people, uh, bands like the Yardbirds, Jeff Beck, uh, Jimmy page but really we don't uh, we don't see bands referencing the idea of uh, of twin leads until you get up to uh to the almond brothers now this isn't uh this isn't a band that is a heavy metal band obviously um, but um, yeah coming out of the uh the blues boom they're an American band but coming out of the British blues boom where you start seeing these guitar heroes with the almond brothers you get uh, you get Dwayne Almond and Dickie Betts. And you get songs like, uh, the reason I'm talking about them so much is because they're not going to be one of our five choices, and I have a reason for that. Uh, but no, they they have songs like, um, you know, he- heavy blues songs, which is a which is a standard. It's a cover whipping post off of the Fillmore album. But, you know, mellower things like, um, you know, Jessica, Ramblin' Man, uh, where you can hear this idea of twin leads. So, um, history in Five Songs. We're not going to be picking something from the Almond Brothers because um, a couple of reasons. I want to keep this uh, fairly in a heavy metal context as usual, um, but also uh, because they're a band that actually doesn't get cited cited a lot by uh, by heavy metal people as as a twin lead um, uh, proponent. So uh, let's get into our first one, and then we'll, and then we'll have a little chat. So. The first band we're going to pick as an influence history and five songs of twin leads i.e again in a heavy metal context is wishbone ash take a listen to this this is a little bit of throw down the sword All right, so that wasn't particularly heavy metal, I know, um, but Wishbone Ash is a band that is uh, that is kind of cited as, uh, as one of the earlier bands uh, in this sort of uh, timeline. We're, we're actually going to get a little more modern uh, at the end of this. Uh, and you'll see why. But Wishbone Ash, okay, this is off of Argus. It's their third album. It's uh, it's released on uh, on my ninth birthday, uh, nineteen seventy two. Um, you know the song's called "Throw Down the Sword." Um, They also have a a song on here called uh, The King Will Come. There's a song called Warrior. And and, in fact, on the cover is kind of a moody looking, ominous, uh, you know, armored warrior holding a sword. So not a particularly heavy band, but they are coming out of that British blues boom. They're at the end of the British blues boom. So a lot of heavy metal type people um, or hard rock type people in the 70s would have known Wishbone Ash, would have seen Wishbone Ash. They were a mainstay around, uh, around London. So you've got Andy Powell, the leader of the band, still the leader of the band. This is a band that went through a lot of kind of acrimony and different lineup changes as as things went on. But you've got Andy Powell and Ted Turner and later Laurie Wisefield I'm not a big Wishbone Ash fan. Uh, I'm I'm one of those odd. Uh, I have a show called the Contrarians that we do on YouTube where, where I talk about contrarian choices of favorite albums. And actually, my favorite Wishbone Ash album is uh, just testing. I think it's 1977. Anyways, um, so they're they're kind of a big twin lead band. Uh, basically in a folky progressive sort of um, sort of world. Now, one of the guys we're gonna play later on, Iron Maiden. Um, you know steve harris from that band leader of the band basically started maiden you know all the way back to about 1974 when he talks about influences he actually talks about wishbone ash more than more than most bands it's the first band that sort of comes to mind uh for him uh when when you know they they came up with this concept of of twin leads that uh, that they do a lot of so there you go wishbone ash um Let's move on. The second band uh, in this is probably my favorite band doing twin lead. Uh, it's uh, it's Thin Lizzy. Let's take a little listen to uh, Do Anything You Want to Do from 1979. Take a listen. So gorgeous, gorgeous twin leads out of this band. Um, actually, let me read you something. So I um I did uh, I did a, a trilogy of Thin Lizzy books. It's now available as two Thin Lizzy books out of out of Weimar, out of the UK. But um, Eric Bell, uh, the the first Thin Lizzy guitarist, and this is back when they had one one guitarist. Um, this is a, a quote from my book, and Eric recalls distinctly. distinctly uh, taking in Wishbone Ash with Phil. That would be Phil uh, Linnett of course. For us to record the first album for DECA, we were still in Dublin and we just came to London and stayed in a bed and breakfast for about 10 days and we got the underground, the tube train, to DECA Studios every morning about 9 o'clock in the morning to West Hampstead. So we weren't living in England. Anyway, we had one night off and because we'd never been in London before, well, not as three people together anyway, Phil said, Eric, let's go down to the Lyceum tonight. There's a big, huge gig in London. There's a few bands on and there's a band called Wishbone Ash, man uh and then later he talks about them going there and what they looked like um so anyways, later he says, so Philip was very knocked out with the way the bands looked on stage and also their poses, said Eric. Uh, Phil was a big, big poser. He threw shapes well, shall we say. Um, that was an aside by me. Uh, he said, okay, you see the bands in Dublin. They stand with their wrinkled jeans on, playing the balloons, looking at the uh, blues, looking at the stage with their heads down. But they're just uh, as good a, a musician. But the musicians in England have got panache. You know, they can sell it. And then he comes out and says, hey, Eric, you fancy getting another guitar player in the band? And we're watching Wishbow- mash with double playing guitars, leads, you know? And I said, no, Philip. And he said, okay. And he never mentioned it again, ever. But that was obviously in his head when he got Scott Gorham and Brian Robertson. So, okay, what happens is, um, and Scott Gorham's told me this story many times uh and Brian Robertson basically the whole twin lead idea with thin Lizzy came a- essentially by accident they were just fooling around one day and they they realized they synced up and they played a lead on top of each other uh, and Scott says and there it was it was born it was kind of magic so so thin Lizzy has twin leads all over their records uh basically starting uh heavy with uh you know the the first the first classic uh Scott Gorham uh, Brian Robertson album fighting then you get into jailbreak it's got that classic classic lead on their biggest hit the boys are back in town off of their only gold record jailbreak um twin leads all over there uh uh, johnny the fox has got Things like Fool's Gold and Don't Believe a Word, which is an interesting, more of a more of a different uh, kind of a twin lead on that, but it becomes a trademark and it's all over. Um, you know, subsequent records, A Soldier of Fortune off a Bad Reputation's got a really cool one. Um, you know, you move into the likes of of this record that I just played this from Black Rose, nineteen seventy nine. You know uh black rose, rose, and dub uh where they go through a lot of celtic stuff they they play all sorts of twin leads together of of traditional things on that uh you know. Uh... The, Ren- you know, the Renegade album, there's great twin leads. Uh, you know, as you move through time, Gary Moore comes back. Later on, it's Snowy White doing this with Scott Gorham. At the very end, it's John Sykes doing it. A um, little less of a twin lead album, um, Thunder and Lightning. Uh, but yeah, it becomes their trademark. Uh, but it's a really cool musical trademark. They do it so well and so melodically. It's just just heartbreaking the sounds they get out of the guitar uh, every once in a while. So um, okay, uh, that was uh, that was our number two. Uh, um let's take a break we'll be right back when we
1: dropped the first few episodes of rock and roll archaeology into the feed three and a half years ago little did we know that this telling of rock and roll history would become a pantheon of rock and roll podcasts since many of you first joined us on our rock and roll exploration the halls of the rock and roll pantheon have filled with shows like deeper digs in rock rock and roll librarian muses Art of Rock with Caution Friends, Real Rock with the Reverend Andy King, Miss Pamela's Pajama Party, Vinyl Snob, and more. We are proud of this one-of-a-kind approach to an audio magazine of high-quality shows. That is Pantheon, and thank you for your support. We couldn't have done it without you, our diggers who listen to all of our shows. And now we are excited to let you know that every show available as part of Pantheon can be found in their own podcast feed to subscribe to in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Remember to subscribe, rate and review the shows you've come to love. We look forward to adding more shows to fill the halls here in our Pantheon of Rock and Roll and find them all at PantheonPodcast.com. Keep up the rockin'.
0: All right, so moving on, our number three in uh, in our uh, History and Five songs of Twin Leads. Uh, well, let's take a listen, then we'll discuss. This is Judas Priest with Tyrant. Okay, what I love about Judas Priest and Twin Leads is um, they are a band that uh, that kind of does it uh, not particularly often. It's not their trademark, but what is their trademark is having two guitarists and uh, and what they do with those two guitars. So so um, Glenn Tipton is known as sort of the, um, the more, I guess, hendrix bluesy guy. Uh, K.K. Downing's a little bit more of the noisemaker guy. Um, you know, the younger guy, um, long blonde hair. Is he younger? I'm not sure. Anyways, um, these two guys, uh, you hear uh, you hear twin leads out of them, and uh, and they are just magical. And like I say, it's used sparingly, so it's not all over the place. But what they do is they do dueling leads quite often. So they're you know, one guy plays and then the other guy plays, and you can hear the difference in what they're doing. Then they sync up. Sometimes they're just doing leads on their own. Uh, you know, Rippers another good example where you hear uh, where you hear a twin lead uh, kicking off that song, uh, very distinctive. Uh, you know, uh, other guys. Just to mention other guys that have done twin leads with themselves, uh, Brian May who does many leads with themselves, um, so you hear this this big choral effect, uh, which obviously we had an episode called Choir of Angels where we talked about Queen. They do that with vocals. They also do that with uh, with leads because they love they love playing in the studio. They love multi 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 tracking, and they have a lot of a lot of that going on. Michael Schenker uh, in UFO he uh, he twinned with himself quite often as well. So. Just just a one, one guitar player situation. Uh, but he did twin leads with himself. You know, this brings up an interesting point. People debate the likes of, uh, the Rolling Stones and ACDC. Now they're not twin lead bands. They're more of twin weave bands. Uh, ACDC kind of is, is building on the tradition of the Stones. What they would do is they would, they would kind of weave in and out of them, uh, out of each other. Uh, you know, whether it was, uh, with, uh, Brian Jones and Keith, later Mick Taylor and Keith, later Ron Woods with Keith. Uh, the idea is that um, they, would, they would play things that would kind of wander in, uh, in and out of each other's spaces, but they also were pioneers in this idea of uh, one guitar track being recorded slightly, slightly before another guitar track. And that really picked up with Malcolm and Angus. So um, if you listen really, really closely... Uh, with Malcolm and Angus when they are playing uh, rhythm guitar tracks together, you can hear a slight difference in what they do in, in, a, in a millisecond of timing, but you also hear one of them maybe muting it and the other one letting it ring a little. So technically, this is kind of the idea of a twin lead, but it is a twin weave, and it is more so uh, with rhythm guitar tracks. Um, so, you know, you don't hear a lot of twin lead out of them. I believe there is some twin lead here and there in the ACDC uh, uh, catalog but it's, they're, they're not known as a big uh, twin lead band. So, okay, moving on. Um, probably our biggest twin lead band in all of heavy metal. You know them, you love them. This is Iron Maiden with uh, a little bit of Aces High from 1984. Take a listen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you could have picked uh, almost every Iron Maiden song or or many, many Iron Maiden songs. There are many memorable, memorable twin leads in this band. Uh, You know, uh, early on it was, uh, well, earlier on it was all sorts of guitarists with with this vision from Steve Harris. We're talking 74 to to 79, say. Um, But then it was Dennis Stratton with Dave Murray. Then it was Adrian Smith with Dave Murray. Um, Then it was uh, Yannick Gares alone with uh with dave murray and uh and then set you know famously for uh since i guess 2000 uh, or 1999 the ed hunter tour it's been yannick gears uh adrian smith and dave murray as a triple lead band um but across the catalog, you'll see, you'll hear many, many, uh, twin leads out of this band. Um, you know, those twin leads almost define, uh, Iron Maiden more so than Thin Lizzy, which is e- which was even a step up from, from, uh, Judas Priest. So, so you get Judas Priest where it's just kind of a, a, in passing, fun thing to do. Thin Lizzy becomes their trademark, but they're such musical guys. I mean, I love Thin Lizzy. They're my favorite band on this whole list by far, um, uh, it's just done super tastefully all the time. Iron Maiden, you might say that um it's it's a little gratuitous that they really, you know, just hammer, hammer, hammer away all the time at this trademark thing that they do. Um but it's a great thing, and it is a trademark. and and another cool thing that happens with Twin Leads, and Iron Maiden will tell you this. Uh, you know, famously in uh, when you go to South America, um, the crowds, there will sing along with the twin leads. It's it's kind of like a big soccer chant sort of thing. A twin lead, so they'll so they'll sing along and go oh you know along with that. Uh, you know, famously they say they'll sing along with kind of any guitar solo or whatever. But a twin lead is is just a great communal heavy metal moment. Uh, and Iron Maiden has the most magical of those. You think of Rock in Rio and Maiden playing Rio and Monsters of Rock and all these kinds of things. Um, You know those twin leads are are probably you know more of a more of a cool communal sung part than even the chorus uh to most songs okay so moving on i wanted to make this point um because i it's kind of an interesting band when it comes to the history of twin leads let's take a listen first of all this is metallica with for whom the bell tolls Okay, so Metallica what I think about Metallica when it comes to twin leads you know Metallica often you know one, one could argue that they are the greatest heavy metal band of all time uh, they are certainly uh, one of their very biggest if not the biggest depending on how you measure but you know Diamond albums uh, many multi platinum albums massive massive band uh, interestingly they've only made 10 studio albums across their whole career of, uh, of close to 40 years now but um, so they're not the most prolific band in the world, but one of the cool things about Metallica with twin leads. And here we're talking, um, well, er- early on, uh, early on you would have had Mustaine um, in the band with James Hetfield, and then later, uh, you know, basically uh, it's it settled down to be to be Kirk Hammett and James Hetfield. Now. Kirk Hammett is an interesting kind of guitarist. Well, first of all, let's talk about James. James is the guy, you know, known with the quick right hand, you know, the most accurate hand in rhythm guitar. Um, You know, Slayer might have something to say about that. Anthrax might have something to say about that. But James is known to be this this great palm muted, you know, inventor of thrash kind of rhythm guitarist. So that's his job in the band and uh, those great vocals. Kirk is a Kirk is a funny guitarist. Kirk really likes Tony Iommi, and he he does a lot of that that burbling wah wah thing. Um, but what I love about Met, uh, Metallica is that they they hearken back almost to a Judas Priest way of being two lead guitarists. They're very versatile. They do. They do fleeting twin leads. They do longer twin leads. They do you know, you know standard twin leads where it's high up the fretboard. But you can hear you know in in kind of picking something to use for this episode. I played Orion um, Ride. The lightning starts with a twin lead. Um, but they do a lot of stuff where where you hear them twinning up you know, however, uh, fleet locking in, you could call it, locking in, you know, almost like radar and then losing the lock, you know, moving on. They'll do that... They'll do that with a with a low end guttural riff. They'll do that in the middle of the fretboard. They'll do that up high. So you know you listen to Metallica solos. I mean, I thought I often thought it would be a great idea, even just to write a book on Metallica when it comes to production, because there's a whole story there. Maybe we'll do an episode on that one time. But you could write you could write a pretty interesting book, at least for guitarists, on on Metallica and their guitar soloing, um, because yeah, it's it's really cool what they do. Obviously, they put a lot of thought into what they. Do like I say, they've only made ten records, um, but you know many of them are absolute masterpieces. I think Ride the Lightning is one of the greatest metal records of all time. I, it's my favorite Metallica record, obviously. Master of Puppets. I did a book called uh, The Top 500 Heavy Metal Albums of All Time, and Master of Puppets actually won that that whole thing. Uh, so a lot of people think it's the greatest metal album of all time, but. In this uh, example that we played, you can hear that, that they are very sophisticated in their twin lead thing. It's, it's not just, hey, time for a twin lead, the, the way kind of Iron Maiden is at times, um, and, and even Thin Lizzy. So like I say, they have this kind of um, really sophisticated, thoughtful uh, use of the idea. Um, that harkens back to I th- I think the melange or the way or the or the statistics if you if you added it all up the way Judas Priest did it and you know uh, ju- just to add as kind of a footnote to all this I mean thrash is an area where you do hear a lot of twin leads thrash is a celebration of the guitar um, you, you know you think of Megadeth uh, Slayer uh, bands like this um, so so it's an important uh, it's an important thing it's it's not it's not uh, you know and and an all all encompassing thing, the way it is with Iron Maiden, like I say, the biggest twin lead band. And in Iron Maiden, you know, the, the interesting thing is that, um, you know, they are as as progenitors of something that we call power metal, kind of a more of a European thing. You hear their twin leadness moving on to bands into bands like uh, Halloween and Primal Fear and Gamma Gamma Ray. You know, they're all actually all of the same, same stable somewhat, um, but. Um, yeah, the twin th- twin lead thing really, really lives on in this idea of power metal because it is a very European-sounding thing. It comes from folkiness, classical, somewhat... Um, and then moves through Prague. And then, like I say, it's um, moving through the European end of heavy metal. The twin lead thing is a big deal. So there you go. That uh, will wrap it up for this episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. Let me know what you think. Facebook me. I'm pretty good with that. You can email me. You go, could go to uh, martinpopoff.com. My email address is there, but um, there's ordering information on my books there. But yeah, buried in there somewhere is my email address, but I will tell it to you as well. It's Martin P at inforamp.net. You can Twitter um, as well. Um, but yeah, email me. Give me show ideas. I'd love to hear your show ideas. I've, I've been getting lots of cool feedback. People writing long, long emails, commenting on a current show, and then giving me a slight twist for other shows. Um, you know, shout out to Kip Massey. He's been really cool with that. Um, and uh, because of Kip, I might end up doing some, some other hair metal stuff as well as, as we move on. But um, yeah, let's leave it at that for now. There you go, Twin Leads. Uh, see you next time.